0: Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, the NBA pod. We are talking all things NBA deep dives, drafts, news, and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on Twitter at on the line underscore pod. Find us on Instagram Feel free, if you ever want to send us an email, you have a question about your fantasy team, thoughts about the show, an idea for the show, whatever it is, onthelinepod at gmail.com. If you can check out previous episodes on our website, um, they're at onthelinepodcast.com. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Please, 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 it really helps us out a lot, goes a long way. Thanks very much, Uh, greatly appreciate it. Alright guys, we're picking up where we left off last week, doing the draft of countries, not including the United States, that have produced the, the best, the most influential, the most important NBA players. Here it is, our on-the-line draft of countries with the one, the only, Ben crow I gotta say, this draft is going really according to plan. Um, I plan on shaking things up here with my fifth overall selection in round three um boy i don't think here we go i don't think you're gonna see this one coming but it's what is in my heart it is my distinct honor and privilege with the fifth overall selection let me say some will say this is a bit of a reach Um, okay i don't think so i think i'm making a talent grab i think i'm betting on the future here ben i am very proud i know i know i I know (laughs) very proud ben to to draft to select team cameroon cameroon yep i knew it as soon as you said future (laughs) i am low-key crazy for cameroon wow yeah how could you not be haters will say it's recency bias that's maybe fair but ben for a league that has only had four cameroonian players in its history My God, the future is
1: bright for Cameroon. How
0: can you argue with these results? Luke Mababute, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam.
1: I mean, Jesus Christ.
0: Frankly, the sport of basketball is still fairly new to the country of Cameroon. Um, Yeah, I mean, to the continent of Africa. That's right. Let's be frank. I mean, the sport is still, you know, the the most popular sport in in, uh, Cameroon is still far and away, football, European soccer. Every Mm -hmm. village in Cameroon has a football, field, and children often begin playing that sport in elementary school. So fundamentally, basketball is still an outlier sport within that culture. Siakam is 25. He didn't start playing basketball until he was 18. Joel Joel Embiid's plan was originally to play professional volleyball in Europe. And he eventually picked up a basketball at the age of 15, modeling his game after Hakeem Olajuwon.
2: How were you actually recruited to come from Cameroon to Florida to play high school basketball? Uh, Actually, I started playing basketball in early 2011. And then I was practicing. My dad put me before I was playing volleyball and then my, my dad put me in one academy, so I was working there for like four months, and then Lou Mbamute, the Camonian who plays in the NBA, he, got, he just got traded to Sacramento, he had a camp, and then uh, I, was one of, uh, I was one of the five selected to go to the NBA camp in South Africa. So after that camp, uh, he gave me a chance, and then uh, I attended Monverde Academy. What kind of player were you back then when they selected you to play? Um, you know, in the Basketball Without Borders. I mean, um, I wasn't. I wasn't that good, and I think uh, he just selected me because I was kind of uh, talented and I was tall, skinny, and I, I had a pretty good, uh, good move. After four months of playing basketball, so uh, that's what, I think that's why he, uh, he selected me. Yeah, but I I don't think I wasn't that good. Even when I got to Montville, I had to work with Coach Ball. He really helps me. He's a great coach. Uh,
0: Embiid moved to uh, the United States to go to a high school here, uh, I believe in Florida. He followed in Bamute's footsteps, becoming a five-star recruit. He went on to Kansas for a year and suddenly was a third overall pick in the 2014 NBA draft. Ben, what I love about Joel Embiid and really – Honestly, like the Cameroonian story, I feel like Embiid encapsulates like a larger a Cameroonian uh, story is mm-hmm. it's the uh, it's the underdog nature of it. You know what I mean? Like, let's face it. Thinking about Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam, these guys are Cinderella stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're scratching the surface. Embiid only began playing basketball. I think it was in Wait for It. 2011. Wow! Wrap your head That's around insane. that. Insane. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Joel Embiid began playing basketball in 2011. Yeah. Um, and these are guys that came out of you know, they, they these guys just came out of nowhere and they they figured out this kind of magical gift on the fly. And frankly, man, their games, their style of play are absolutely intoxicating. Overgo by Boston. Now Simmons in transition.
2: What a pass! To- Baines. And they're going to call a foul. Joel Embiid pops the mask off to ignite the crowd.
0: Fargo Center and beat on his
2: first touch. Right to work on Nene. You take that Nene.
0: Now, Embiid's got it all, man. He's got the massive size matched with the unparalleled footwork. He's got the drop step. He's got the hook shot. He's got the dream shake. He's got the post moves. He's got the trash talk. He's got the arrogance to go on national TV in a post-game interview this past year and
2: say... I've been hearing that these guys can't call me better than anybody else. So I just have to come out and show that... uh, I'm, a, I'm the most unstoppable
0: player in the league. And, you know, that sort of raw emotion, you know, we, we saw him uh, openly weeping, if you remember, after losing mm-hmm. the, uh, the playoff series this past year to who else but Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors. That sort of raw emotion speaks to me. It's something I love. I love the passion.
1: Yeah, I love that Embiid wept and then was so unashamed of it that he then made a, a picture of himself in tears as his, like, Twitter profile. avatar. Yeah, of course. Yeah, his, his, his profile, his profile pic. Yeah, yeah,
0: of course. Um, it's fucking awesome. And when I think about Siaka, man, I mean, this is this guy is mesmerizing. I mean, we love his his yeah. His, just his, just one most improved player. His long wingspan, right? His ability to alter shots, block shots. He runs mm-hmm. like a gazelle in the open court. His ability to cover guards on the perimeter, to cover bigs in the post. The great yeah. speed, his energy on the floor. So Ben, if I'm betting on any country, it's Cameroon. Cameroon, for me, is the future with their storied tradition of soccer. I'm banking on this African juggernaut to continue producing athletes with exceptional footwork, with mobility, with vertical size and wingspan. I'm all in on Cameroon. I can't wait to see what else that uh, wonderful country produces. That is my fifth overall pick here in round three. Uh, Put CW down for team Cameroon. It's a great fucking pick.
1: I mean, that is just pure upside. Um, yeah, that's there. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna keep an eye on uh, our eye on Cameroon because um, yep. I have a feeling that uh, yeah, there's there's gonna be some more coming from that from that nation. Fantastic pick. Thank you. Um, okay, so now, boy, things are just moving right along here. This is my third selection, sixth overall. Is that right? No. Yeah. Yes. We're in. We're third in Ryan, round, round three, six now.
0: Pick number six.
1: Wow, okay, so... Um, oh, right, right, we three out of... Five. Yeah, 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 okay, sorry. Yeah. It's was hard for me to keep track of these things. All right, so now... Hmm, okay, I think I've got... All right, for my third selection, I am going with the country Germany. Um, pretty obvious pick. Obviously, we've got um, Dirk Nowitzki as... Um, possibly the greatest uh international nba player of all time um unless you count um the u.s virgin islands as uh as a nation and and throw tim duncan uh, into that argument which i guess um i do not yeah i I, I believe it's technically a territory i don't know it's it probably should be a country whatever it's uh uh uh, something i'm not that (laughs) interested in arguing but uh but yeah, I mean, Dirk is incredible, uh, obviously Hall of Famer, NBA champion. Um, he uh, he was born in, in 1978. Now, the thing about Germany that's interesting, Chris, uh, from a history perspective is, of course, it was divided in the uh, post-World War II uh, Cold War era. Um, it was uh, split into two. Uh, different nations, West Germany and East Germany, West Germany being com- uh, controlled by the, uh, the Western Bloc, the allied nations of uh, you know America and, and England and, and uh, Western Europe, uh, East Germany being controlled by um, the Soviet Union, um, and weirdly enough, pretty much all of the players that came out of Germany during that time, uh, from 1949 until the fall of the Soviet Union in 1990, uh, we're from West Germany for some reason. Um, I guess East Germany, like Russian controlled East Germany, um, or Soviet East Germany just didn't really uh prioritize basketball that much, or maybe it's just dumb luck. I have no idea. Um, but Dirk was born in 78 in, in West Germany. Um, another uh favorite of mine is Detlef Schrempf. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, of uh. You know, uh, uh, the the flat top that you could yeah. uh, set the, that you could set your watch to. Uh, man, that guy, um, a fantastic player in the, from the '90s. Another kind of you know early um, uh, uh, you know progenitor of, of the European style as uh,
0: just a, a player for it, the man shooting out yeah. the, with the three ball.
1: Exactly. A big man, 6'10", 6'11", guy who could shoot threes. He's an um, innovator.
0: I mean, he would be incredible in today's NBA, right?
1: Yeah, very much a, a predecessor uh, to, to Dirk. The
2: 32, Deplock, Shreff. Shreff averages just under 10 points a game, but a dead eye from three-point range. Paxson down the lane of the right, beats it back to Corzine. He takes it to the hoop from the left, lays it up, got it blocked. Ball is out of bounds to Dallas defensive set for Dallas that trip rebound tipped around and Tarpley gets it up court they come to Harper Shrimp three point set shot from the left is in. Uh, They let him walk right up to it. They know he's the leading. Whoever's near him has got to get up and make him give the ball away
1: yeah, so he uh, yeah played for the Pacers and the and the Super Sonics. I really loved him when he was on the Sonics. I think that was probably my, my favorite iteration of Shrimp um, when it was uh, the the Shrimp Kemp uh, front court of yeah. the uh, the '95 Sonics. Um, fantastic stuff. So another favorite of mine um, is uh, New York Nick legend Kiki Vandeway, yep. um, who is uh, American but born in. Uh, uh West Germany, in uh, 1958. Um, so uh, so Kiki Counts uh, for, for Team Germany, if you ask me. And another American, um, but born in West Germany, is yep. none other than uh, uh, all OTL tree, tree. Sean, Sean Bradley. Yeah, that's right. In the middle of coal country,
2: college coaches are trying to mine the motherlode. They know where it is all right, right in the middle of the Emory County gym. His name is Sean Bradley, the Spartan's seven-foot, four-inch center.
0: I can't think of a kid, uh, 7'5", you know, in the history of the United States that can do the things that uh, Sean Bradley can do at this stage.
2: Peterson might exaggerate his height, but not Bradley's ability, because at this stage, Sean Bradley can do everything.
0: He's unstoppable. He is definitely worth watching. Yeah, he's every day in practice or every game we go to he does something that you just you know you just stand there and did he really do that
1: the answer is yes born in 1972 also again in west germany um and he actually did represent germany in international play um when he was uh younger um so uh it wasn't just like a a technicality he uh you know, aside from being Mormon, he also, I guess, identified as, as German. So go figure. Um, but then another... All right, so this is a, kind of a deep cut, but a guy that I have been dying, dying to talk about <laughs> ever since... I think I know ever, where you're going. <laughs> ever since I, uh, I started researching this for this draft is a is a guy who was born in Munich, Germany in 1962 mm. by the name of Uwe Blob.
0: I'll tell you, there's been a lot of guys that come in here. You have Sean Bradley, Eric Gampier, Reggie, a former teammate of yours, Sagana Job, Bruno Sundup,
2: Sean Brooks, and Calvin Booth. Uwe they... Blob! What do you miss? Are you <laughs> missing Uwe <laughs> Blob? I was waiting for you to follow uh, up, okay. Ken. Yeah, all right.
0: Didn't they have Benga
1: here That's also? Uwe spelled U W E. Last name Blob, B-L-A-B, but pronounced Blob. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, went to college in Indiana um, and then played, uh, had, a, had a pretty brief NBA career, but uh, played for a few seasons with the, uh, with the Mavericks from 1985 to 1989. Um, you know, really just kind of a, a, a role player never really played more than like 10 minutes a game. Uh, finished up his career with a, a few games in Golden State and uh, in San Antonio um, in the uh, late '80s, um, but the guy's name was. <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna, gonna help. You're gonna make that's gonna help Team Germany. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then one more, probably the guy that you thought that I was gonna mention was Carlos Boozer, mm-hmm. um, who was uh, born in in West Germany in 1981, two American parents, and grew up in the USA, but. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I don't know, uh, exactly, uh, why his parents were there at the time, but he was, um, surely enough born in Germany. So Carlos Boozer, of course, uh, another, um, uh, a previous, uh, draftee in, in our hair draft. Um, we love, we love Carlos. Um, and then of course there's some, uh, some, some more modern guys like Maxi Kleba, um, yeah. Dennis Schruder was born in Germany. Daniel Tice, Mo Wagner. Um, you know these guys. Uh, you know s- maybe Morris, have some
0: uh, Moritz Wagner and Isaac Bonga both recently traded. Right, Isaac Bonga Le- by LeBron yep. to the Wizards for cap space. Team Germany right. is on notice. Let's just say LeBron, you are on notice by Team Germany. Yeah, I would say that's 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 fair. Um, so uh,
1: so yeah, I mean when you got guys like like Sean Bradley, Kiki and uh, I could not be more excited and proud yeah. to select germany with my uh my third pick yeah man uh in our in our country obviously draft the
0: accolades for dirk speak for themselves i mean uh 2011 uh 2011 nba champ nba finals mvp in 2011 2007 most valuable player 14 time all-star 12 time all NBAer. he's a mm-hmm. member of the 50 40 90 club in 2007 nba three-point champ um you know, this is a guy that was one like uh, Mr. Germany. He was like German Sports Personality of the Year. I mean, he he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki is basketball in Germany. Shot clock at four. Nowitzki high arcing three. Yo-ho!
2: a rainbow goes through. A 7 of 11 from downtown. Look at the rainbow jump shot by Dirk Nowitzki. My goodness, that's that's as high as the shot clock and hits nothing but the bottom of the neck.
1: Reading again from the uh, Free Darko book here, uh, it says here, uh, quote, Dirk was trained by an eccentric guru whose methods included saxophone lessons, acrobatics, and long walks in the Black Forest, Incredible. all of which pretty much makes him the poster boy for post-war Germany.
0: Incredible. <laughs> yeah. I love, <laughs> so, I love, I love. Yeah. All right, man, I love Germany as your, uh, as your third over overall pick in round three here with pick number six i'm up God, we, we are now in round four mm-hmm. uh, this is pick number seven overall round four team cw is up with our fourth overall selection team cw is very proud to select oh boy oh canada that would be team uh, yes canada
1: course um
0: let's start with the heavy hitters here man so we go with uh steve nash tristan thompson sammy the bear that's samuel Bear, jamal murray <laughs> andrew wiggins shea mm-hmm. gilgis alexander a versatile bench comp- uh, comprised of guys like rick fox bill wennington jamal McGlure, Corey drote Corey joseph kelly Olynyk, dwight powell nick stauskas tyler ennis robert sacra uh dylan brooks uh, Ken Birch, Ben, mm. Ben. Simply mm. put, the depth for Team Canada is like no. I mean, other. you didn't even mention. Did you mention Tristan Thompson?
1: I did mention um, Tristan at the time. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Did you Did you mention Todd McCullough?
0: I don't know that I've come to terms with it. I mean, I know that it's it's happened, and um, it seems kind of surreal. It's kind of that uh, butterfly effect, closing doors, and I start thinking, you know. <clears throat> what if I could have played more and then, you know, and then I start you start thinking, you know, did I you know It's not about the, the money. I would have made more money, but but so what? The
2: province of Manitoba has produced its share of world-class athletes But only one has ever gone on to play in the NBA Todd
0: McCullough got to live out every young basketball player's dream.
1: You got it. I mean, come on now. Todd McCullough, uh, integral, integral member of that 2001 uh, 76ers finals team. Of course. Um, yeah. And uh, did you say Nick Stauskas also? I, Sa- I d- Sa- Sauce Castillo, yeah.
0: Yeah, Sauce Castillo. Um, obviously, ice hockey is, you know, the national sport here in Canada, but Ben, like, Make no mistake, uh, they are crazy for hoops in the Great White North, where it has They're a- crazier,
1: and they're getting a lot more crazy. I feel like much like Cameroon, this yeah. is a pick with very, very high upside. They're coming. They're coming. Back um, back in the days uh, when we first started watching uh, the sport, of course, Bill Wennington was like, ooh, he's Canadian. Like mm-hmm. It was like such a novelty. He was mm-hmm. the only Canadian that I remember um, being in the league. Um, and then of course, you know, Steve Nash and, uh, and, and the Toronto franchise and Vince Carter and all that really led to the explosion of the sport. Um, yeah, I think and, like uh,
0: Nash was a big contributor in that way where all of a sudden yeah. they were not a, like a laughing, like they weren't like a punching, they weren't like a punchline anymore. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, they have a long storied tradition, believe it or not. In fact, basketball's inventor, James Naismith, of course, was a Canadian. Yeah, He was born in Almonte, Ontario. Mr. Naismith was a physical ed teacher in Massachusetts when he created the game in 1891. The NBA recognizes its first ever game as a matchup between the New York Knickerbockers and the Toronto Huskies at the Maple Mm -hmm. Leaf Gardens in 1946. So you know, Ben, I don't need to tell you with the recent, obviously, with the recent title run here by the Raptors, spearheaded by number one alpha in Los Angeles, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> basketball <laughs> is very much on the brain for our friends north of the border. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited about the the prospects that they that they have been producing the last. I mean, I mean, between between RJ, SGA, Arch- Jamal
1: Murray is I one of my favorite sure. young guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, RJ Barrett, of course, course, of course, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's the next goat, so yeah, yeah, very exciting stuff. Uh, and while he, the, and while he wasn't
1: born there, uh, Brazzers, you know, uh, Iggy Brazdekas, of course, played uh, his a lot of high school ball in I guess Canada. There
0: really is a great connection between the Knicks and New York hoops, and that you know that Toronto hub of basketball. Yeah, because, I would say so. I mean, there does seem to be a pipeline between Canadian basketball players and and the New York Knicks. So mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. excited uh, to draft. Teams Team Canada in the uh, fourth round here with my seventh overall selection. Ben, you're on the clock with pick number eight. This is uh, round four. Wow. Okay. Um. So
1: I might have to. I can't tell if I should. I was. I was almost afraid this was going to get taken from me. So I might just have to do it now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go ahead and do it with my fourth selection. Yeah. Now, like we said, some teams uh, are gonna have kind of a. A spearhead uh you know a single icon um that that kind of leads the charge um others are more of a collective you know group uh, uh selection so this one is the the former um because there is really only one man uh for whom i am making this selection um but that is of course my favorite nba basketball player of all time Patrick Ewing who hailed from the nation of Jamaica, Jamaica. so Incredible. yeah gotta go with Jamaica here for, for the
0: captain for Patrick um, I thought you might be leaning this way I wasn't sure if you'd pull the trigger yeah
1: Fantastic. I know it's a little silly I mean no, it's, it's basically silly. it's it's Patrick Ewing and, and Rumiel Robinson um, and that's about it um the uh, guys like uh, so. I guess Roy Herbert, Roy uh, Herbert yeah. has a has a Jamaican father, but he was born in the United States. He does represent Jamaica internationally, so I, you know I guess I can you know cl- claim him as well. But but really, this is all. This begins and ends uh, with with Patrick. Um, you know he's uh, he's he's our captain. Uh, so Jamaica, my fourth overall selection.
2: All right, back to you mom.
1: the fact that like he came from Jamaica and clearly it's a country without any sort of you know basketball history um, you know it really ha- it hasn't produced any other major stars um, but, uh, but but Patrick you know just kind of came out of nowhere from that little tiny island in the Caribbean Great. and uh, stole our hearts so
0: well I love the pick um, I am very excited here we are in round five uh, I am up with the ninth overall selection. I am just delighted that this fell to me. Couldn't be more excited with oh my final selection in the fifth round, the ninth overall pick. Team CW is very proud to select uh, Team France. Ooh, Ooh. I mean, tough. That's a tough loss for me. I mean, for starters, Ben, confession: like, I just love the French as as a people, sure. right? I mean, how can you not? There is a like a spiritual bliss, a lightness of being that I sort of associate with France, partially because I spent some time working there on a play a few years ago. They they have a term for that, Chris, which is uh, joie de vivre. Wow!
1: Um, wow! Which I which I believe uh, kind of you know encapsulates uh, the, the, the the French team.
0: Yeah. Uh, some of the headline attractions for Team France: Rudy Gobert. Uh, Tony Parker, who was originally Mm. born in Belgium, but we sort of spiritually associate him with France. Sure, he was raised in, in France and is a French
1: citizen. Boris so. Boris Diao. Um, Boris. I mean, that guy, he's kind of like, yeah. if he's not the captain, he's the mascot. Yeah, Boris.
0: I I'm, I have quite a bit to say about Boris. Let me just run the, through this roster here. Sure, sure, we'll sure. We'll come back to Boris. Uh, Joachim Noah was born in the United States, but we sort of associate Joakim's dad, Joachim and his dad. His dad was a legendary French tennis player, Yannick. Uh, you know, he. I feel like he is... Uh, Maybe spiritually French. Well, he's he's a bit of an asterisk. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll
1: give you. I'll give you a half a half counting. Uh, half Jan Mahimi,
0: Nick Batum, Kobe Stopper, uh, Mike uh, Mike Pietras, Ronnie Turioff, Evan Fournier, Karen, Kevin Kevin Seraphin, Joffrey Lavernier, Stud point guard Frank Nilakina, Gershon Yavaselli, uh, uh, Ilya Kobo. The list goes on and on and on. Um, And, you know, like, Ben, as was the case with many of these European countries, the lead dog sport here is is football, soccer, right? Mm -hmm. And the French national team had good results in competition over the years, winning their first Euro basket in 2013. But when I think about the Frenchmen in the NBA, I often think about, like, a few different things. Um, The first is, like, on brand for the French, many of these guys... Are often considered like kind of enigmatic. Not not in a bad way, just meaning like they're a bit hard to pin down. They're they're mm-hmm. they're unique guys, they kind of beat to a different drum. And Boris Dio to me really takes the cake here. Yeah. Um, talk so, about Boris for a minute. So when Boris was traded from the Spurs to the Jazz in twenty sixteen, he made the drive from Texas to Utah stopping at various like national parks along the way, mm-hmm. all the while bringing his portable espresso machine to each and every stop. <laughs> Literally, there are photos of Boris at a totally <laughs> deserted Grand Canyon running a mini espresso machine from like a battery-operated generator <laughs> at the Grand Canyon, sipping espresso. Uh... Boris was such a coffee head during his Spurs days that he had an espresso machine installed into his locker. Um, mm. He was also famous, I believe, for his, his use of hand lotion. He definitely used <laughs> hand lotion. Listen, he used hand lotion. Listen, When most people check into a game, LeBron famously wants to dry his hands with powder, right? Like the chalk powder. Reggie Miller yeah, did no, the same no. thing. Boris, Boris doesn't want, wants yeah. his hands <laughs> moist. So he puts on hand lotion. I forget the brand, but I remember once on a podcast uh. with Zach Lowe, Boris talked at length about... I think his teammates were trying to steal bits of his hand lotion and he had this <laughs> he had this special bits of his hand lotion? Yes, he had this special <laughs> like they would try to get like a pump from like the little like thing. Uh-huh. He had this special French hand lotion and he had it imported and it was very like rare and expensive and he didn't want people stealing his sure. hand lotion. Of course. So he had the lotion locked away in a safety box in the locker room. <laughs> uh, Boris is just the he's just the best man. He would take oh his my dogs. God. He has two uh two giant huskies. He would take his dogs running when he was living in Utah and he would uh he he posted videos of this. Boris would take his dogs into the mountains in like out out in Utah. He would go mm. out. Boris would be on his Segway, and he would go running with his dogs. The dogs would be sprinting as he would ride along on his Segway and just film the dogs. I mean, the man was like a myth. Um, Let me ask you: Did he also enjoy uh, food and wine, Chris? Oh, he enjoyed food and wine. Mm. He uh, here's the thing: on the court. Boris Dio was just as legendary as off the court and literally like no body shaming here. This is the food and wine component. No body Mm -hmm. shaming, but Boris was out of shape. Like he was, he was a big boy. He was a round potato, like, Man. I mean he was basically yeah. six foot eight, probably weighed two hundred and seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he was basically Zion Williamson, but without any muscle definition without and any like, sort of athleticism just like, whatsoever. Just like a giant <laughs> gut. Because like yeah. he was like a he was a Frenchman, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he I have to assume that like he enjoyed like cigarettes and cheese and coffee and red wine. I mean, um, when I when I think of Boris Diaw, I think of the
1: Gerard Depardieu of the NBA. That's, that's like literally 1,000% who he comes eats. into my head. And
0: the thing is, man, we joke about that, but honestly, he could play point guard if he wanted to. Oh yeah, he had he, crazy skill. He was such a willing, capable, talented passer. With Perfect Spurs yeah, system role incredible player. Incredible vision. Like, never wanted to be the center of attention. Never wanted to be the superstar player. Never wanted to be the guy that was going to average 20-25 points but he had the talent he could do that if he wanted to he could have averaged 10 assists a game if he wanted to be that guy but mm-hmm. he he just wasn't he wasn't going to do that he was just all about winning he was all about having fun and mm-hmm. um, you know he, I, I just it makes me smile man like he was such a perfect match now that now that i think about it we, we talk about food and wine he was such the perfect match for greg popovich right i know i just
1: think of like the two of them like going to a restaurant like after the game the, the and just burning through like 16 bottles of red wine the
0: legendary conversations they must have had over oh my god wine, right and like, yeah boris is a guy that i know like that
1: has to be like half the reason he was on the spurs roster for as long as he was could it Been
0: more than half could it been like 80 percent the reason <laughs> yeah i mean like he wouldn't played, surprise me he was a backup center I I mean like functionally he was a backup center and he was mm-hmm. wildly out of shape mm-hmm. um but like man i i just boris Diaw is doing it right like whatever i mean doing, he was playing
1: like to give him some credit he was playing like 25 i'm looking at his stats now he played 25 minutes a game yeah. in the title winning 2014 season with the yeah. spurs yeah like when he was a very LeBron,
0: when they beat lebron in the heat right
1: yeah he was an important player important on that cog
0: team in that team and yeah. you know like boris Dio is doing it right and to zoom out a little bit like making this again like a conversation about French ballplayers like Mm -hmm. I also do think like the French ballplayers are doing it right like they do I started off this Uh, conversation about Team France is saying like there is a spiritual lightness to these guys right like Mm -hmm. there's a spiritual bliss there's a lightness of being and to me like Boris Dier really exemplified that like he is living the good life basketball was something he loved and enjoyed but like The most important thing for Boris Dio very clearly was having fun and enjoying himself. And I know, like, in retirement... He was living life first and playing basketball second. Second. And in retirement, I know, like, he's... Taken up like interest in documentary filmmaking. He's big, he's a really talented photographer. Um, he's sailing. I know at one point he was sailing around the world and uh, like filming it and you know posting clips on social media. Like goddamn the guy, yeah, man. Like the guy's just doing it right, and it makes me happy that someone with that same sense of like freedom and independence and like spiritual bliss is mm-hmm. playing like brought that to the court. Like that, mm-hmm. that that was like the that was the epicenter of his game. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like that same sense of curiosity and fun and exploration was the way he played the game of basketball. And that to me is like actually very very inspired and cool. Um,
1: other so well so well said, yeah, man. Right other there. thing,
0: other other things when I think about French ballplayers, uh, shifting the conversation off Boris a little bit is like often these guys are very much like. Swiss Army Knives, right? Like, they are Mm. guys who do multiple things very well. So we talk about Boris Dio. Joakim Noah, another one. Uh, Nick Batum, another one of these guys who exemplify Mm -hmm. this well. Like, it's not just their passing. Batum was also a highly regarded defender, right? He He made a name for himself. Uh, with his chase-down blocks as a kid. He idolized um, shot-blocking specialist Akimbe Kimbe when he was growing up in France. So much, in fact, that I, I read that he would uh, he would wag his finger after he would <laughs> reject uh, guys. And nice. what was interesting was as he transitioned to the NBA, suddenly he his competition, he wasn't outsizing his competition anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. in the NBA, he was no longer the tallest kid on the court, so he quickly became one of the most versatile wing defenders, right? And he became this great on-ball defender much like fellow countryman uh michael pietras again this is the guy that shut down locked down kobe for all these years right playing with the orlando magic eventually i think he became a a teammate of kobe's on the lakers um so again you see like this this gritty defensiveness with some of these french players a willingness to pass always put the team first um I love the French man. I love watching French ball players play. We didn't we didn't even talk about Tony Parker. This is a guy who is you know, a big-time winner, a uh a, an offensive uh savant in his own way and mm-hmm. um enjoyed the good life, you know, was I, I know was uh, who was he married to? To uh, Tony- uh- Uh, uh, Tony Parker's wife
1: was... uh, Eva Eva Longoria. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's
2: right.
1: Eva Longoria. But are they still married or did they get divorced? No, they got divorced.
0: Right. Um, But yeah, man, I love the French. (laughs) Team France, very proud to select them with my final selection here in round five. Um, Ben, you're on the clock. This is the 10th overall selection in our country's draft. All right.
1: Fantastic pick. Uh, So happy that the French could uh, could make it onto the board there. Um, They absolutely deserve a spot. With my final pick, the 10th selection in our non-American countries draft, um, whew, this is this is not easy. I got a couple names left, but, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to go with Nigeria. And once again, this is mainly driven by one man, yeah. one man alone. And that man, of course, is Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah who, for my money, I mean, I guess you can't say he's the greatest center of all time uh, because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar exists, but he might be the most talented center of all time. Um, I mean, the guy's an absolute legend. Um, uh, You know, uh, like, again, he, he came from Nigeria at a time when... That country and that continent was not producing basketball players. Um, he was born there in, uh, in Lagos, Nigeria in 1963. Um, grew up playing soccer because <clears throat> that's, of course, what uh, you know most kids played um, in that country at that time. Um, he famously did not uh, play basketball at all until the age of 17, much like, uh, you know, Embiid and, and Siakam, who are his, you know, kind of spiritual descendants. Um, you know, the guy grew up playing soccer. so um, And that, of course, uh, you know, uh, helped contribute to the agility and the footwork that he would later use um, to uh, just incredible uh, effectiveness in his NBA career. Um, and yeah, I mean, the guy's obviously a two-time NBA champion, um, puts, you know, put up some of the most insane stat lines, uh, the game has ever seen. He was, he was a guy who I'll never forget, like the experience I had watching Olajuwon as a kid. I, um, obviously was a Knicks fan, diehard like you. Um, and in 1994 in the NBA finals, uh, the Knicks faced off against Olajuwon's Houston Rockets. And uh, they beat the Knicks in absolutely heartbreaking fashion. It was the first time uh, a sporting event has ever made me cry. Um, and I'll like, never forget the feeling. And I hated Olajuwon, uh deeply. And I wanted him to lose and fail, um, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, until the next year, when he came back to the finals, um, this time as kind of an underdog with a, a lower-seeded Rockets team, um... But he was going up against uh, Shaquille O'Neal in the Orlando Magic. And I'll never forget, like, going into that series thinking, all right, yeah, like, you know, I don't really like Shaq either because he's, you know, in the same division as the Knicks. And, you know, he was kind of like the new guy on the block replacing uh, our hero, Patrick Ewing, as like the younger, better center in the East Um And so, but I was still like, you know what? Whatever. I don't hate him as much as I hate Olajuwon. I'm rooting for the Magic in the 95 NBA Finals. And then I watched those games Mm -hmm. and I watched the way Olajuwon just like systematically dismantled Shaq in that four game sweep. And by, I swear to God, by the end of that series, I was a fan. I yeah. was, like, completely against all, like, emotional desire. Um, uh, I was just, like, I cannot help but be, like, so thoroughly impressed by this guy that, like, I actually, I find myself rooting for him. I root for, like, the beauty and the grace of his game and his just sheer brilliance on the basketball court. Like, he was um, he was just, a you know, a seven-foot-tall magician. Um, I mean, he
0: systematically like picked apart O'Neal in that in that finals. I honestly had an almost identical experience where, like, you know, I mean, I was heartbroken after the Knicks lost that '94 finals, and I never could imagine myself ever rooting for Hakeem Olajuwon, but. When it was Shaq versus Olajuwon, it was like, God, I hate both of these guys. I couldn't, you know, I I had no idea who I could possibly root for, how I could go about having a rooting interest in that series. And within a game or two, it was like, oh, I'm rooting for this Olajuwon guy because he is literally taking this new, young, hot, hot stuff kid to school. Like, he is Mm -hmm. just literally taking him to the woodshed and, like... He outguiled him, man. Like yeah. it was it was, I, I, it was I, I, brute force. It was the brute force and strength of Shaq versus like right. this sage, wise old like sensei.
2: Elijah Watch an Elijah. Wan. Off the front through the front. He knew he had O'Neal. Akeem, the total repertoire on display tonight. The turn in face. He's lowering the ball a little bit. Forcing Shaq to back up. That gives him room to deliver his shot.
1: He was a fucking sensei. He was like an old wizened ninja yeah. warrior. And yeah, of course, Shaq, much bigger, much stronger. Um, and I think there was like and- sort
0: of this like presumptive feeling that like, Oh, this is this is going to be the young powerhouse shack, like you know, like setting the world on fire and like letting. Oh the world yeah, out it was of, like, like his was time boss. to like take over the game, right? And like it could not have like worked out more the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, it was a beautiful thing to watch.
1: Um, of course, you know, he, he dismantled all the centers of that era: Ewing, uh, David Robinson. Uh, of course, right. uh, one of one of our favorite kind of like NBA uh, moments was. Uh, when Olajuwon f- faced off against Robinson right. right after Robinson had won the regular season MVP award mm-hmm. and was uh, presented with the award uh, prior to, to game one of the of the Rocket Spurs series in uh, that was in '95, I believe. Um, yep. and then and then Olajuwon just absolutely embarrassed him. Follow it again.
2: Olajuwon with 37. Key now has to push himself. To-
1: Did the famous dream shake? Uh, that's on every single, uh, you know, NBA uh, highlight tape uh, from that
0: from that time. Then something about this guy's character too that I think like bears mentioning, and it's and it and it ties back to the Nigerian element of the conversation. Is like there was something very quiet and understated about Hakim Olajuwon. and it was like, in no small part because like he. He was an underdog, right? Like, there was no mm-hmm. historical precedent of, like, great players coming from Nigeria. so oh, yeah. And also, like, culturally, like, he was a devout Muslim. Like, he he was just, he was kind of a quiet assassin, right? Like, he, he was very much, like, the antagonist. And he was also so off the radar yes. for, like, most of his career. Like, th-
1: those late 80s uh, Rockets teams were, like, pretty, like, terrible. Um,
0: I mean, you and know, he, is- he made the playoffs... This is pre league pass, right? This is like like when you are a small market team in a professional sports league, you're not on NBC. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, you're, like mm-hmm. there's there's national television games, and those games are going to big market teams like the Lakers, the Knicks, the Celtics, the Chicago Bulls. It was rare to see these like San Antonio Spurs teams, or rare to see these the Houston Rockets or the Charlotte Hornets. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, he was a bit of a. Below the radar superstar, like on a, on a small market team, and it was just mm-hmm. a, a different era in the NBA. And his right, personality- he was the
1: only guy on that team. Yeah, like just like putting up insane stat lines. Um, but you know, they never really built a built a team around him um, until you know finally they they kind of broke through there. But yeah, uh, man, one. what a love the pick, uh, yeah. And and then so of course there are uh, other. Uh, players that have hailed from Nigeria um, uh, not that many big names we got Michael Olo-Kondi, uh who was uh, grew up in England That's but was right. born in Nigeria um, Josh Okogi actually was born in Nigeria but um, before moving to the US um, and then I don't know if you remember this name but uh, a, uh, a very, uh, short lived career with the New Jersey Nets, but Yinka Dare, oh, can Yinka I get a Dare. Yinka?
0: Yeah. Yinka yeah. Dare, yeah. Remember him? Of course. So he's,
1: he's, yep. Yeah, he's Nigerian. Um, uh, I feel like I don't, yeah, I don't know really what happened to him, but he was kind of like, I don't know. I always kind of liked him cause he had a the crazy name and, um, but, uh. Yeah, that's kind of about it as far as Nigeria goes. But um, but man, gotta give props to Olajuwon for like really being like the first. Um, I mean, it was like him and like I guess Manute Bol. Um, Manute Bol was from uh, Sudan. That's, mm, right. that's right. That's um, right. That's right. That's right. But but yeah, Bol and Olajuwon were like uh, pretty much like the first. Uh, I feel like they were like the first guys from from anywhere in Africa that that really made it in the NBA. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So. That's my pick, Nigeria, oh, to round to round things out here.
0: Let's uh, you want to fire off some notable mentions here, Car- countries that didn't sure. make the draft board but uh, are are worth mentioning. Uh, I'll start us off here with um, I feel like a very modern pick. Someone that a country that's going to be a major player here moving forward is the country of Greece, right? And mm-hmm. um, when we talk about Greece, they don't necessarily have a strong track record history but obviously they are the home country of current NBA MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo Giannis, yeah.
1: uh, you got to imagine that guy's inspiring some kids back home.
0: Exactly. And uh, actually, both of Giannis' brothers are currently in the NBA. Lesser-known players, Kostas, Antetokounmpo, and Thanasis Antetokounmpo, I think I said their names right, play mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, Thanasis, I believe, just signed with the Bucks, And I believe Kostas plays for the Mavericks, both like kind of end-of-the-bench players. But mm-hmm. uh, keeping an eye on them, and I'm excited to see what else that country may play produce um yeah anyone else that you wanted to mention here ben
1: um i would love to give a couple quick shout outs um this is uh again kind of a single player country but uh one of my favorites growing up uh uh, new york nick backup guard rolando blackman Mm. uh hailing from the country of panama oh great um which i thought was was kind of fun um a couple others oh um we got to talk a little bit about Brazil. They've yeah. they've had a, a couple uh, pretty awesome guys, Leandro Barbosa. That's right. Um, one of my one of my favorite players on those you know seven seconds or less Suns teams. Um, that guy was an absolute blur on the basketball court. Um, of course they also had a uh, Ferreira Nene, um, Thiago Splitter. Um, a couple a uh, couple of names there. Uh, Bosnian Herzegovina. Mm. Um has uh, has produced some some big names like Yusuf Nurkic um uh Vladimir Radmanovic uh so Bojan Bogdanovic is uh I guess he's Croatian but he was actually born in in Mostar uh in Bosnia wow and okay. Um I
0: feel like we need to mention Slovenia. Uh, that was, Oh, yeah. That was I mean, Luca. Board. I mean, so yeah. obviously this is the home country of Luka Doncic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also the uh, home country for guys like uh, Goran Drogic. Uh, you know, this is the socialist federal republic of Yugoslavia, now known as Slovenia. Uh, Drogic. Uh, Goran's brother is named uh, Zoran Dragic. Um hmm. Who else is from? I mean, I mean, I guess Anthony Randolph, who had a cup of coffee with the Knicks and the Nuggets, I believe, was originally. Yeah, we got a born in German West Germany, but now uh, or. Claims Slovenia as his uh, as his nationality. Sasha, Sasha Vujacic.
1: Yeah, Sasha. I was going to say, uh, a- AKA uh, Jason Schwartzman with a hairnet. Um, <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Yeah,
1: Lo- love Sa- Sasha as a as a real irritant on those super annoying Laker teams. And I feel like uh, we're
0: going to get flack if we don't mention uh, Team Australia. Obviously, sure. They have some big players here now with Ben Simmons in the league. And uh, who else? Patty Mills was uh, from Australia. And- mm-hmm.
1: Alt, right, hero, Andrew Boget. Um, sure. Maddie Della Vedova. At- uh, Ky- Kyrie.
0: Yeah, Kyrie, mm-hmm. right. Matt-
1: Kyrie was actually born in Australia to American parents. Uh, moved to the U.S., I think, when he was like two. Did you say Della um, I did say Della Vedova. Song
0: um, Maker, mm-hmm. right?
1: Another, another big favorite of both of ours, I know, Joe Ingalls. Joe Ingalls. We love
0: yeah, Joe. Yeah, got to
1: mention Joe. Australia t- like definitely could have made the cut yeah they Um, sure could have made the cut Luke Luke Longley um that's right uh you know again on that very international Bulls team of the 90s uh alongside Bill Wennington and uh Tony Kukoc and I think like a big Um,
0: influential uh player here um in the international game I mean like you know that's putting it lightly this guy is an icon Yao Ming hailing from China of course Um, yeah you know, he he put China on the map in terms of the NBA. Literally, they did not exist
1: until until he came. Yeah, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> um,
1: he invented China.
0: Yeah, uh, they I think have produced a couple of other centers. Uh, in yeah,
1: the the chairman Yi uh, Yi Jian, Jianlian. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure yeah, how to I'm pronounce not even his name, but try to pronounce that. Played a, played a few seasons with the Nets, I believe. Yeah, that
0: sounds right. That sounds right yeah um, anyone else you want to mention here? I know, oh, a quick shout out to uh, Romania. Um, uh, thanks thanks to uh,
1: George Mirasan and uh, and also Ernie Grunfeld was actually born, born in
0: Romania oh, no before kidding. moving That's to the right. US. Yeah. Uh, um, we should er- mention the Bahamas the Bahamas, uh, yeah are yeah, to Buddy Heald and DeAndre Ayton, uh, the number one pick from two years ago. Um, those guys are both influential, and so is, believe it or not, uh, Michael Thompson. Clay Thompson's right. father was from the Bahamas. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. We should we should mention them. Also, I wanted to shout out the Congo, the uh, the Republic mm. of Congo, obviously home to famous shot blocker Dikembe Mutombo. Um, Bismarck, Biombo, uh, Emmanuel Moutier, all from the Republic of the Congo. Mm-hmm. I believe the Democratic Republic of the Democratic Congo now. Democratic Republic of the Congo. Or no, is it? Yeah. Yes, or the it, Democratic Republic of the Congo.
1: Right, right, right. And then it was like Zaire for a little while there, but now I That's think it's right. back to oh, the DRC. Con- yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. Just run down my list. Uh, quick shout. The Dominican? Yeah, quick shout to the, to the DR, Al Horford, Felipe Lopez. Yeah, Felipe. Um, yeah, Carl uh, Car-
0: Towns. Are we?
1: Yeah, born born in, Jer- in New Jersey, but to a Dominican mother. Okay. Um. So he represents DR in, in international play, I believe. Okay. Um. Oh, a quick shout out to uh, a childhood favorite of mine, uh, Allah Abdel Nabi, oh. uh, hailing hailing from Egypt. Okay. Yep. There we go. Love is. love me some Allah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boston Celtics legend, uh, Allah Abdel Nabi. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, didn't,
0: Turkey, so, didn't Turkey produce some guys? I believe Turkey. Turkey had a few. Yeah, Turkey let's is see the here. Home of Urson uh, Ilyasova, uh, Chedi Osman, ennis Cantor Fur- Oh yeah, actually quite a few names. Furkan Korkmaz, um, Omer Asik. Asik, yeah. Mehmet Okur. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Turkey the Jazz. Lew- yep. Um, yeah, man. These these guys all played. They all had run in the NBA.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, one country that we will not be mentioning is Latvia. Um, they have not produced any NBA players, unfortunately. But we're all pulling for Latvia. Maybe one of these days, maybe one of these um, days
0: they'll produce somebody.
1: Best of luck to Latvia. Keep keep trying. You know, keep it's going to happen guys. for you. Yeah. Yep. 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 I uh, I believe in you, Latvia.
0: All right, Ben. I think we have covered some bases here. I'm sure there are countries we have left out. Uh, I, oh, where's Stephen Adams from? New, New Ze- oh, New Zealand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And New Zealand, he's not the only uh, New Zealander, I believe.
1: Um, there was Stephen Adams and... Actually, he was about it, although Sean Marks was also born in New, in New Zealand. Was he? And yeah, before becoming a uh, GM of the Nets, he, uh, he had a, a, a brief season, or sorry, a brief career in the NBA as like kind of a journeyman role yeah. player.
0: That's right. That's um, right. That's
1: right. Yeah. I, uh, quick, uh, tr- so a couple of trivia notes about Steven Adams, though, that I found. Um, do you know anything about his like
0: backstory? I know um, that he's from a massive family, but I don't know too much about his athletic playing backstory.
1: Yeah. So his father, Sid Adams, was a six foot eleven uh, Englishman who served in the Royal Navy, and later settled in New Zealand, where he fathered eighteen children with five women.
0: That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so
1: know. he comes from quite a family. Incredible. Uh, How many? One of his, that was
0: you said eighteen.
1: Eight, 18 children, um, with five different women. Uh, one, one of, uh, Stephen Adams's sisters, uh, is Valerie Adams, who is a six foot four, 246 pound two time Olympic gold medalist in the shot put. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty, <laughs>
0: that is, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. That is awesome. Yeah. That is yeah. so cool. So yeah. cool. All right, man. Well, um, I think we should call it wraps here. Um, okay.
1: This oh sorry, one one last I I have to mention Rick Smith's the Dunking Dutchman. I
0: was wondering oh, if we uh, could bring him up. Yeah, yeah, sorry. This this topic. is it. This is
1: finally it, but I have gotten over my <laughs> my Rick Smith's uh trauma from from a previous draft. Uh we uh, draft. we don't need to get back into it. Yeah. yeah. Um but but Rick Smith's was on my <laughs> list. Uh, sadly, the, the Netherlands has really not produced much uh besides him it's in just terms of the Dutchman, ball players. The dunking Dutchman. Yeah. There was one other guy named Sven Nader, uh, who, uh, who had a brief career oh, in like that's the late seventies. Right. Um, that's right. but yeah, I mean, so always nice to, to see a Sven out there. dude. This was um, epic. Uh, yeah, I think we covered it pretty well here. I
0: think I am, I am really satisfied. Do you feel good about this? I feel good about this, <sighs> man. I feel great. Should we run back the, uh,
1: did, did you, did yeah. you keep the list? Should right. we run So run here, back?
0: uh, here is how everything shook out. So team BC team Ben is Lithuania. Serbia, mm. Germany, Jamaica, and Nigeria. Incredible. Wow. I love that yeah. squad, man. I, so happy I, I with love that. that squad. And team CW we have Spain, Croatia, Cameroon. Oh man. I am I'm, mm. I'm so psyched. Uh, Canada and France. I just I am yeah. delighted. Ugh. Delighted with that squad.
1: Yeah, Don't I right. love how you really you really thought about like not just your individual players, but like the, the collective spirit of your teams. Yes. Uh, I love that approach. Um, thanks, yeah, really. Yeah, Re- really, really impressive work on your end there. Well,
0: this was super fun. We will be back next week with either another draft, or depending on the state of the league, maybe we'll be talking trades, free agency. Uh, we shall see. But Ben, thanks very much for hopping on the line here, and uh, we'll touch base with you real soon. All right a pleasure as always chris happy uh, happy draft season happy, to you happy, my friend yeah, happy draft season talk to you soon man bye all right man later all right guys hope you enjoyed the last and final part two of the country's draft my name's chris wendelkin this is on the line tweeted us at on the line underscore pod find us on instagram check out previous episodes on our website on the Please rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the NBA offseason. This is it. This is the best time to be a fan, and I will talk to you guys next week.